Hello and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Path Podcast. This is your host, Phelan Triggerman-Lash, and this is episode number three of season two. On this episode, I will be interviewing Nathan Zonga, who is a creator of musical art. He doesn't really like to go by a hip-hop artist or a rapper, which we get into in the uh, episode, and he creates all different kinds of music and honestly is like one of my favorite musicians right now just because of the quality of his lyrics. And he actually is such an amazing storyteller, which you get a bit of in the podcast. And one of the things that I loved most about this episode was how intentional and deliberate he was with everything that he said. He really took his time to think about what he was he wanted to say, and then he said it well, unlike me, who just says stuff whenever I want. Um, so I hope you really enjoy this episode, and uh, I also have an announcement to make just so everyone who listens to this podcast, if you are interested in getting in touch with me to work with me on authenticity coaching, if there's something that you want to do in your life, if you're trying to get to your dream job, or if you want help with uh, figuring out your relationships and your friendships, if there's anything that you want help with and you think that I could help you, just uh, let me know. So I just started doing some coaching full-time with different clients and I'm helping them in all different kinds of ways and it's really, really cool. So may as well see if the people who are already trying to be authentic and wanting to listen to this podcast want to work with me. So if you do, reach out. You can find me at uh, phelan.com and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Authentic Path Podcast with Nathan Zonga. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Cool. Nate, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm super stoked to talk to you, hear your story, and excited to have a good conversation. Just to start out, I want to hear like a little bit about your background as a writer and as a musician and kind of where you first discovered music as an outlet for yourself. Yeah. Um, I am from Seattle, Washington. And um, when growing up, my, um, my parents are from the um, Democratic Republic of Congo. My dad immigrated over here when he was, like, my dad immigrated over here in his 20s, and he went to school over here um, Mm -hmm. in the 80s, and then he went back, and he went back to Congo, and he met my mom, and then he, they came over here, and they had kids, Um, but um, growing up, my mom would always play, like, big African choir music, or, like, um, she'd always my mom is super 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 religious so like she'd always have christian rock on too so it was just like there was always music playing in the house and then um i don't know my my mom put me in children's choir when i was like five or six yeah when i was five and then from then i just always it was just something that was always ingrained to me so um I think I started writing and I started like me and my friend, me and my brothers would always, and my cousin, we would always have like little rap battles, like during family reunion stuff. Nice. I think I didn't start like writing, writing until um, maybe like fifth grade, middle school. And then oh. I started recording in middle school. Wow. That's really early. So you're just like making songs, recording your own. Were you rapping at that point or doing hip hop? Or I know you call yourself a storyteller, a soul storyteller. Yeah, uh, I think 
I think at that point it was majority rap, but um, I, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I don't like calling myself a rapper anymore just because it, I think it put me in a box, but like I do, like I think I do a lot of different things to try to blend my sound. And I, like I don't like only make hip hop music, but I think that's the beauty of hip hop music. The hip hop music is a big blend of everything, but music in itself is becoming a, like pop music in general is becoming like a super blend of everything. So yeah. I don't know. I would think myself more just like whatever, like I'll make whatever genre like is the vibe in that point in time, you know? Cool. Yeah. Like whatever your soul wants to express, that's how you make it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's one um, part of your song seeds where you say, um, claiming I'm a rapper makes me a stereotypical black boy who ain't athletic. And then you go on and do all of that stuff about, you know, being like how being a rapper and being black means like you're just kind of doing what everyone else does. Is that like part of why you don't want to call yourself a rapper? Or is it mostly just cause you feel like you express yourself differently through all different kinds of music? Um, I think when I was, I think like when I was in, cause I wrote that song when I was 15 Oh, wow. That's a long and time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 21 at this point. And I think when I did write that, I was definitely, like, self-conscious on some just, oh, man, am I just, like, another black kid who wants to put out a song on SoundCloud? Am I just another black kid who wants to put out a song on SoundCloud? Because, I don't know, it is expected of me, I think, in a lot of people's minds. So it's just, like... Interesting. I don't know, but I find, I just like being able to share stories. Yeah. I can't believe you wrote that when you were 15. That's, that's like really incredible. Like what a good song. Yeah. Thanks. I was, I wrote that. Um, I used to be in a group called Archers with my homies. Like nice. we had like, it was like me and my little brother and a few of my friends, like Royce and Cameron and like Kusima and Jason, like they they were producers and a lot of and then we had a lot of rappers and then like more and more people just like we spent most of our weekends like at the homies house making music. Cool. That's dope. That was just like what you guys did for fun. That's so awesome. Yeah, I always think that there's like you can either like consume or you can create as a person. And so if you're like spending your free time creating with friends, like that's so much better than consuming content. Yeah, so it's cool you guys did that. Um, Where did you develop your ability to like tell stories so well? Because I think that there are a lot of musicians who, you know, their strengths lie in other areas of music, like making different like melodies or um, beats or anything. But I feel like you're one of your strengths is really in your like lyricism and your storytelling of different experiences. So how did that come to you? I appreciate that. Um, I think, uh, well, because I've been doing musical theater since like fifth grade. Nice. Um, I did it like a little bit more in high school than I did when I was younger, but um, I was like, I think, a lot of my, like, I think a lot of my trying to look at, I try to look at situations from, I don't know, I try to 
I try to really listen to what people have to say. So I try to look at everybody's sides of conversations and try to catch a lot of different perspectives, I think. So I think when I go at putting out music, I try to I try to say what I hear and then draw my own conclusions or allow the listener to draw their own conclusions from different conversations that I've heard or different conversations that I've been a part of. And yeah, I think the musical theater in me is like helps project that a little bit more. Yeah, that's super awesome. I think like that's one of the things that's unique about you as like a superpower of yours is your ability to like listen and have empathy for different groups of people. Like the song that I first heard of yours that made me discover you, which is I think true for a lot of people is truce, which is all about like racism and shootings and stuff. And, but you, you very like wisely take both perspectives, I think between like what it's like to be a black kid or to be a police person and like what that experience is to be like on both sides and what you're like, you're saying about listening, like that's, that's really interesting. So have you always been like really good at listening? Cause I know for me, it's something I've had to work at a lot. Um, I think that this, I just, I had a lot of good teachers in high school who listened to me. So I, I tried to take their example and listen to them. Like I had a lot of like good people around me that like, inspired me to want to be a listener so um i think um i wrote truce when i was 17 too and um i think that song i was just trying like the conclusion that i got from like looking at both sides was that like everybody's hurting everybody just wants to like everybody just is doesn't have an understanding of each other and they just want to feel loved by one another type thing so that's what like the main message of that song was back then but i think the more i think about it it just it, it there's more nuance than just that for sure but like i think the underlying thing that we do all want is love yeah yeah, I saw an Instagram video you put out uh, recently about a new song you wrote. I think it's on your new album, maybe, um, about like your new perspective on all of the like BLM stuff and the conflict going on. And it was more like forceful, but, you know, rightly so. So I'm just wondering, like how your perspective has changed on that and then how you've expressed yourself differently through your music over the years. For sure. Um, I... I've been working on an album. I was just in Illinois for like a month and a half or so. I was working on a couple of projects, but um, I started writing an album over there, like the day after um, the day after George Floyd died in um, Minnesota. I started writing an album, and wow. um, it was uh, like it. I think. Oh, like a lot of people after that situation and after the Ahmaud Arbery situation and after the Breonna Taylor situation and for the past like four five, four years, the truce has been out. Like every time a song, like every time a situation like happens in the national media like that, like a lot of people will send me truce on Instagram and mm-hmm. it'll be like, well, that's cool that people are using this song to cope. 
But like at the same time, this time I was just like, I was frustrated. I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. It was just like, I was tired of it feeling like a funeral song. I was tired of feeling like I'm not doing anything. I was tired of not feeling like anything was like enough that I was doing like that. Like whatever I could do isn't enough type thing. Like I just, I don't know. I was definitely frustrated. Yeah. But, um, and then I didn't listen to the truth for like 10 days or anything, but like my little brother called me, my older brother called me and he's like, I understand you because I was working on a song and like the first version of this song that I was working on was only angry. And it yeah. was just like, and I be right to be angry type thing. And that is true. But like my older brother and my little brother called me and they're just like, yes, you have the right to be angry and you do like, like, and like speak to that for sure. But like, I don't think you should ignore truths and I don't think you should ignore like, I don't think you should ignore underlying message especially what you were trying to say in the third verse particularly like i don't think you should ignore that because that is what we are still fighting for and it's going to take a lot more for sure type keep writing to that but do not ignore that love is going to need to win if this is going to happen yeah i'm curious just for like my own selfish benefit Something I've been thinking about a lot recently is like what role anger should have in life because I think it can have like a catalyst. It can be a big catalyst for action, which is good, but sometimes it can like take things too far if you miss act from your anger. So I'm just curious, like you seem like a wise dude who thinks about this kind of stuff. What's your opinion on, on anger in life and how you should use it? I don't know because sometimes it seems like they don't, care about it when like it it just seems like when you try to tell people how to protest and like you put certain guidelines on it it's like okay you can be angry but don't let it disrupt anything and don't let it cause any actual change but go out into the yeah. streets and we'll give you a couple of blocks and have a parade it's like like I don't know. It seems like they're not showing those little meetings. They're not showing those conversations, but they're putting it on the news when Wendy's on fire. They're putting it on the news when an officer actually starts a like a off-duty police officer actually starts the fire, the first fire at the auto zone in right. Minneapolis. But like they don't show that. They just show angry protesters for buildings. So that's all they want to show. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems as if you're not being heard until anything. I don't know. It it doesn't seem like you're being heard until money is up. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the problems of living in like the capitalist system we live in right now. It's something like that definitely needs to change. Yeah. Um, I want to like tie this into authenticity and like being the best version of yourself just because that's, what the name of my show is and what I'm trying to focus on. Not that this is not like really important to talk about. I think it is, but, um, I'm curious, like, as like, do you think that what is portrayed on the media and like the media choosing to portray like that, the type of thing, you know, obviously like the media is racist and biased and like shows things from a very skewed perspective of reality. And do you think like growing up, 
on like the other side of that, like makes it harder for you to want or identify with certain paths being available for you in life. Does that make sense? That question? Um, could you ask the question one more? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically like, let's like, given that the media and the mass media is like such a biased organization and it portrays life from a skewed perspective, like that's very like white capitalist, like man, like old, like out of date kind of perspective. Do you think like being like a, a young black guy, do you think you have a different understanding of like how to pursue an authentic path because of what society portrays as normal? Does that make sense? Um, I, yeah, I think, um, I think I've learned more and more to take what the media says with a grain of salt and like, I don't know, I can allow society and allow what they put on my phone to build my character or I can allow the people that are around me and allow the, like, the teachers and the people that, like, the, I don't know, there's, like, I can keep authentic people around me and, like, grow to be, like, I don't know, I feel like I can work to being a better human without what their perception of me is. I can build my own perception. Yeah. I think that's true for everyone too. Like if you want to be the best authentic version of yourself, it's all about like what you just said, surrounding yourself with the right types of people and pursuing growth, you know, and it doesn't matter like who you are. That's always going to be what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Good point. So, um, I'm curious, like, where you see yourself going in life, um, in an ideal world, like, and that kind of ties into like why you do what you do and like why you create music. Um, and so I'm curious, like, what is your, what is the reason for you to create music and where does your motivation come from? And then how do you see that developing in the future of, of Nate? Um, I think, uh, I think a lot of what we have to say with the music that we're making is like speaks to what a, where a lot of people are at. And I think that a lot of people can relate to what we have going on. So like, ideally we're taking this music around the world and we're allowing like millions of people to hear it. Like, hmm. like we're taking, I don't know. I want to like, I see myself doing festivals. I see myself doing shine shows. Like I see myself really really take this because like the music that we're working on is very very big and the music that we've been yeah. putting out like i think is like i think the music that we've been putting out like has progressively gotten better and better each project like but i think like i think we're i think the music that we're making right now in this moment because i've been working on an album for like a year two years and I had to put it, I had to press pause once the world caught fire like four months ago. And like, I yeah. hate, like, it's like just not what I just have to speak to somewhere else right now. And I think this is the most important music I've ever put out. Like, I think this is the important music I've ever written because it's not simply speaking to where I'm at. It's trying to speak to, you know, it's trying to catch all sorts of perspectives and try to 
find healing through this. I don't know. But uh, I, I do think, like, I truly do believe that, like, a lot of people can take away something from this. So I do want this to go as far as possible. I love that. That was awesome. While you were talking, you were looking away, but I was just like smiling that whole time because that's beautiful. It's so cool to have like the motivation for your creation is to create an impact and like to use the uniqueness of you and how you can listen to different perspectives and understand things uniquely and then like convey that through art to help other people understand things differently. It's like, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, one of the things you, you were talking about is you kept saying we, like when you're referencing releasing music. And so I just want to like ask like, who is your team and what does that look like? Because so often, like from my perspective, I see your music and I'm like Nathan Zonga, right? Like that's you one person. But then when you talk, like, I'm sure you're like, there are 10 people behind me that help me create music. So what does that look like? Um, I've been making music with like a lot of my friends from high school since like my like one of my best friends, Cameron, like he, he goes as Waveheart right now. He's living in LA, right? He's, he's more EDM based, but like we've been making music forever. And then I have my friends from high school, Hamoon and Josh, like we've been making music for like the past three years and we've been just getting better and better at doing it. They're, they've been my producers and engineers. And then my guy, he's been my producer and engineer for the past couple of years. I met him at a summer and um like uh, my manager austin um chris um my treehouse family in illinois zach um like we're we're really working towards like like a prodigy family max and rick like we're like we're working to like i have a team of people that believes in the stuff that we're trying to say and like i have a lot of people helping me helping me that and convey that in the best way possible. And um, I like, they've allowed me to learn as much and like I have them learn as much as possible too. So it's, I think we're, we're on our way. That's awesome. Cool. One of the other patterns I've seen interviewing musicians is that every musician I know does like other stuff with their time. And I know you and I were just talking before this about like, you know, day jobs, right. <laughs> and like moving stuff around. But I'm curious, like both, what are, what are you, what do you have to do with your time? Like, you know, jobs and stuff, but what are your other interests? Like, what are your passions as a person? Yeah. Um, my day job right now is I've been working for this company, Zolo Express, and I just help people move. Um, yeah, so I get I get to do that. I, the majority of my time is spent making music. Or like I'm always I spend a lot of time just outside wandering around thinking. And then That's awesome. I spend a lot of time like <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been fun. Like when I was in Illinois, I was spending a lot of time on bike rides. I'm gonna try to I'm trying to tap into that more this summer. Uh, I play a lot of basketball with the friends. Like we've been moving a lot. Uh, I like going on hikes. Like, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Do you find that like 
the things that aren't writing music support your music writing? Like, do you have new perspectives from different working different jobs or like when you're hiking, is that when you're like mulling through lyrics and having new ideas? Yeah. Like I spend like, I catch a lot of my good ideas type thing, just like thinking and like really like look, like trying to draw connections from like nature to like what's going on in my life. That's cool. Can you give an example? I'm just curious. Like this is where I like, this is where I wrote seats. Like, I was just cool. Yeah. For those of you, the video won't be on the podcast, but it's the beautiful place by a lake. Lots of good trees. Wow. That's awesome. I was really, I was just thinking about how I want to grow and who I want to grow into and like allowing, like I could allow myself to grow with fear or allow myself to grow with like I'm going to face whatever comes at me type thing so I was just thinking about the growth of everything around me and put that into perspective with where I'm at yeah cool yeah that song is like I still can't believe you wrote that when you were 15 because it's just like so much of what I've thought about over the last few years about like you know, choosing to grow and choosing to deal with the pain of, of learning and being authentic and all of that stuff. Like it comes out in that song and to have figured all of that out at such a young age is crazy. How has your perspective on that like topic of growth and like being a seed and all of that changed as you've gotten older? I think seeds is like the song that like, I think seed still means the exact same to me today because like I'm still like constantly like going through back and forths in my head like constantly just on some like ah oh, am I good enough ah oh, I'm not good enough ah oh, I'm good enough ah oh, I'm not good enough it's just but I I don't know I like, I don't know I just feel like I made it, I've made it through my, like, I've made it through a hundred percent of like my terrible days. So it's like, I can make it through another terrible day. I can make most out of my, like, I can make the most out of like this day right now and try to turn it around and try to like make where I'm going to be the best place possible. Or or I can sit and dwell and continue to stay where I'm at. Love that. When you are having a terrible day, how do you like, remember to remind yourself that you can make it a better day. Like, what does that look like inside your head? Um, as of late, I've been trying to like find a way to have a W every day. Like, nice. I can, like today I can say that I met you. So that's a W today. I can say that I finished work. Like I got off the job. I made a little cash. That's the W today. I should be able to say, that I worked on some music, that'll be a W. Like, I, like, sure, something may interfere, and, like, life will happen, and, like, something, like, might throw something off, but, like, I've gotten a certain amount of Ws today that I can look at the end of the day and be like, yo, got it. That's dope. I love that. I think a lot of that comes down to mindset, too. Like, what you take to be a W, right? Like, is going to work and finishing work and like making money. Is that a W or is that like, fuck, I just worked eight hours and that sucked. And like, I wish I didn't have to do that. I like hate my job. I hate my life. Right. It's just like, so choosing to be positive is, is a strength. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like 
her jobs are hard, but I'm like sitting there thinking about it. Like, yeah, I'm getting paid to work out. Yeah, that's sick. And you can like get paid. Like basically you can learn something doing every job. Right. And so it's like, you can always get paid to learn if you're looking at it like an opportunity to get paid to learn instead of like something you have to do. Absolutely. Even if it's shitty, right? Like in the worst situations where it's like, if you hate your coworkers and you hate what you're doing, like that's still a teacher because you can learn how to be patient. And like, yeah, this is, this is my shit. I'm, I'm happy you were talking about this. I'm um, saying, man. Yeah. Solid conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm curious about like your songwriting process. So, you know, you're out in nature, you're walking around, you have certain ideas, you're tying things together and then you sit down and you work with your team and you work with all of your producers and engineers, but like, how do you get from beginning to end? Not in like a ton of detail, but I'm just curious, like, do things change a lot? Like, where do you add in different processes and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I like, <laughs> I swear my producers hate me. Like, they're all my producers are my best friends. But like, I, we be sitting there on the phone for hours upon hours upon hours, just like, all called randomly. Like, we change songs all the time like i'll ask them about beat switches i'll ask them about like like i don't know we'll flip drums completely like i don't know it's always a i don't know i'm always i'm very very particular about where i think we like i think everything can sound super super dope so like i don't want to put anything out that i have like doubts about so i try to put the I don't know, but, like, you can always continue to change a song. So, like, there are songs that I'm like, ah, man, we could have done more with the mix, but we're better now, so it's all good. Yeah. But I think uh, a lot of the times I'll hear beats that they'll send me beats. A lot of the times I'll write something while while they're making the beat or, like, I'll be sitting there making, like, I'll be sitting there adding the background vocals first and I'll, I'll help with the arrangement of the beat. And then um, I'll see if there's something in my phone that fits already, or I'll just be writing as they're working or writing as we're all working. And yeah, that's, yeah, some, it, it, for most songs, it, it, it'll be different, but a lot of the times it just like, just peeping through what fits. Hmm. How do you know a song is done? I know you kind of mentioned that, but it's something I've talked about with photographers is like, how do you know a photo is done when you're editing it? And I'm like, how do you know when it's time to stop when like not to be a perfectionist anymore? Um, I run it through, I run songs through a lot of friends and family. Like I run through, like I, I go, I do a lot of car tests and then when you start noticing that you're going back and forth from the same thing, like then it's like okay you can chill it's probably the best that it's gonna be that's super smart actually yeah i've never thought about it like that but it's like once you're not like creating anymore and you're just like hesitating that's like when you should stop yeah totally that's super smart cool dude um you mentioned your your brothers earlier so you have two siblings a younger and an older sibling oh you have three okay okay Cool. What what impact have your siblings had on your and your your parents too on your art and your creation of music? I know you talked about your mom like showing you your music when you were younger and choir and all that, but yeah, just curious about like your family. My pops isn't that into music like that, but uh, 
No, my, my father was always telling me, he's like, yeah, in the 80s, uh, I saw Janet Jackson. He <laughs> likes Stevie Wonder and <laughs> stuff like that. But um, like most of the time, they just play Christian Congolese music. But, like, and beautiful guitars and beautiful, like, ginormous choirs. So, like, I think a lot of my influence comes from them when it comes to, like, how big and choral I want a lot of the sounding. I want the music to sound. Mm, that's cool. And like my grandma lives with us too, so she's always just singing acapellas in, uh, in like four different languages. Wow. Um. Yeah, my grandma's always just like, singing around the house. So I think, I think my grandma taught me to be fearless with uh, just singing whatever comes to your mind. That's super cool. Yeah. And, um, my older brother was like the first person who was like, yo, we're going to start rapping. Like my older brother started rapping first and like he was like super into Eminem <laughs> and he was super into uh, Wayne and Kanye. And then I remember my older brother, um, um, my older brother showed me, because uh, we used to watch Degrassi. So like my older brother was like, yo, did you know Wheelchair Jimmy puts out music? And I'm like, no way. And he showed me a Drake mixtape. And then I'm like, yo, this is actually kind of hard. And then, like, <laughs> I remember Best I Ever Heart had, had came out, and then he was in outer space, and, like, everybody knew who Drake was. It was just like, yo, we, like, wheelchair Jimmy, this was our guy, this was our guy. <laughs> me and my cousin watched the grassy, like, religiously. So it was like, it was, it was just awesome. <laughs> but, um, no, it was like... My older brother and my older cousins, they were always putting us on the music. And then my little brother started making music too. Like wow. when I started making music, my little brother started making music. So he, um, like he, uh, he inspires me. Like I inspire him, but he inspires me. Like Daniel, like he's a producer, producer now. Like Daniel's as Ableton and he's been, he's been making a lot of beats and like he has beats on the next project that we're, that I'm putting out. And, um, like, I'm really proud of Daniel. So, like, Daniel pushes me because Daniel's a jack of all trades. Daniel DJs really well. Daniel performs really well. He, like, does, like, like he loves really melodic music. He, like, says, has a lot to say. So when he raps, he's not just saying bogus stuff. But, like, like Daniel, like, I'm really proud of him. And he's, like, in school for graphic design. So, like, he's really, really good at that stuff. Damn, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I got the and wrong brother. No, just what? I said maybe I got the wrong brother, but I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I don't know. I like, well, like I just appreciate like we we would argue about things when we were little, but like if grand scheme of things, then like it wasn't that big type thing. And, like, we all got yeah. love before. Like my sisters, like. My sister's like I, like my I saw like she worked really really hard when we were growing up type thing because she she immigrated over here when she was nine. Wow. And my mom, uh, my mom and dad um, when they came over here, they um, my sister stayed with my grandma in the Congo, and then they came when they came in like two thousand five. Wow. And, um, yeah. So she um. So she had to learn English, but she learned English pretty quick. And like, she just, she fell in love with being, with writing. So like my sister's a journalist 
and like she lives in New York now, but um, she uh, yeah, she inspires me a lot just because like she had the like being the oldest girl in like African like I think most most like uh, foreign like not foreign but uh, most the first gen friends that I have type thing that like are the oldest girl like they had to take care of their entire family. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's common, I think. Damn, you got a cool family. Um, I'm curious because, like, so many, like, for me growing up, I felt so much pressure to, like, you know, get a quote-unquote real job or, like, go to college or, like, do all these, like, the normal, like, American dream type thing. Did you have that pressure? Because it seems like you and all your siblings are so creative. Uh, no, I definitely had that pressure because my I'm the only kid in my family who's not in school who, like, decided that school wasn't like the move for them anymore gotcha. i went to school in arizona i went to grand canyon university for a year and it just wasn't necessarily the move for me at the moment but now the more that i think about it the more i want to go back to school <laughs> learning as well like there's yeah. a lot of things continue to learn but like it was a big pressure on there was a big target on my back when that happened because it was just like my older sister was in D.C. finishing up school and my older brother was in D.C. finishing up school and my little brother was looking at schools type thing. So they're just like, Nathan, you're you're, you're, an, like, you're an integral like inspiration on your little brother. I don't want you to be inspiring him to do some kind of foolishness. Da, 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 da. But I don't know. I think we're all our own people and I think we all have, like, I think we're all doing whatever it takes for the paths that we see ourselves doing well. So I think we are all creative, but like it's fire that Daniel's in school because Daniel's continuing to learn a lot of more, a lot more things. But I think the time that I've spent outside of school, just trying to experience the world outside of like being around the whole bunch of people my age the whole time. Like I, like, I don't know. I feel like I have to experience a lot of things like by myself the past two, three years, but like I've gone through it and I've learned and like, and I've picked up a lot to write about for sure. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Um, well, it seems like we're at a goodish place to just feels like a good place to wrap things up. So something I, I always ask people is, what does authenticity mean to you and how do you know you're living a life of authenticity? Um, authenticity means to me just holding your core values and I don't know. It just means it's how do you, it's just trying to be as real as real as you can be and being as real as you can be is just like, trying to be the best for the people around you and trying to be the best for others. But like, I'm sure everybody's idea of what the best is, is different, but like you've grown up, you've learned a lot. You have like choose wisely, but like do whatever you can to be the best for everyone else. Whatever, no matter what that is. Nice. And how do you know you're doing it? Like, how do you, in your life, keep track of your own direction and intention? 
I mean, I'm definitely a words of affirmation guy, but like that's not the like that. I can't be only fighting for people to be like, "Yep, good job. Yep, good job." But like, you can see it when you did something affect somebody. Like when you did some, I don't know. I just you, there's just a connection. There, I don't know. You you build the kind of connection. Like every time I do a show type thing and I see a lyric hit somebody's differently type thing, I'm like, "Yep." we built a connection and like we're like I've seen that connection and I can see that like something is being taken away. I don't know. Yeah, that's dope. I just thought of another question while you were talking. Um, what is it like for you when you're like, like singing in front of an audience and like, just tell me more about that. I'm curious. And did you ever think you'd be able to do that or is it like, yeah. Um, I remember when I was doing it, when I was little, like, when like I remember being in church choir, they, like whenever I had to sing solos, the first when I was like eight, seven or eight, like I get nervous, nervous. But like I don't know when I was, I was never nervous when I was in a big group of people. Like I was never nervous when the whole choir was singing, but I would get nervous when I was singing myself. And then I grew up more and more. And like I got more chances at getting it, and I realized that I'm never by myself when I'm on stage. Even when I'm the only one on stage, and there's like a bunch of people watching me, like they're with me within the experience too. So it's just try to draw as many connections as possible, type thing. And I just, I don't know. I sort of, I like sometimes I look at I look at people and I like try to vibe out with people, but like a lot of the times I just close my eyes and I can just feel that everybody's there with me. That's cool. Yeah. I also, I'm just like digging information out of you because you're so wise. And I'm, I have one more question to you. If I don't know if you're going to have an answer for this, but to you, if you had to pick like one most important mindset or like intention or just choice in life to make, what would it be? There's always something better to do than the right thing. But like your gut feeling is like fire. Just go with that. (laughs) That's sick. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I get the opportunity to go out and do random parties or do random bullshit that I could be doing any day or every day, or I could be trying to work on my craft. So it's like picking what to prioritize, like picking who to prioritize. Like, Yeah, love that. Your time is what is everything and what you do with that time. Yeah, sweet. Well, Nate, this was super awesome. I'm so glad that you came on the show. Before I let you go, uh, is there a place where people can find your work or connect with you? Do you want to share? Um, my name is Nathan Zonga. That's uh, N-Z-A-N-G-A. And um, my music is on all streaming platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Natropolis. That's N-A-Y-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S. Hell yeah, dude. Love it. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It was such a joy. Thank you for allowing me to be here, fam. Much love. If you couldn't tell, that was a great episode because I learned a lot in that episode. And I thought especially what Nathan talked about, about the wins and making sure that every day is a win. I think that is such a good attitude because if you can look at your day and be like, that was a great day to be alive, then really like what else are you trying to do in life? You know, if every day is a great day to be alive and every day you get a W, you're winning. So Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Authentic Path and I will see you next week. Have a great week until then. Peace, this is Phelan, your host on The Authentic Path Podcast.